Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Marcine Gortat, Cadavius Caldwell Poe, Joey Devine, Jared Bayless, Oh, Farouk Aminu, Sean Keen, Davo Cephalosha, Dragon the Big Ben Bender, musical guest Frankie goes to Hollywood, and now the temporary host of Brown Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi. It's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock, and we are here with a jam-packed, monster-packed, huge show. So much happened this weekend, and also we have an interview. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But first, I'm here with Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, How were your shows this weekend? Uh, they were they were good. Uh, the thanks to everybody who came out at Rooster Teeth Feathers. Um, not sure there was a listener in attendance. Uh, or at least not one that uh, introduced themselves. But that's okay. I don't know. Look, it's not like I was playing at a comedy club in Senegal, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if I was playing Dakar, Senegal, it would be packed with roundball rocketeers and roundball what the fuckers. But um, no, it was in Sunnyvale. Uh, but the shows were good. Thanks to Matt Curry and Moses Storm. Matt Curry, a big Warriors fan, and was very excited by the drafting of Steph Curry. We also saw a fan in a bootleg Kansas City Chiefs jersey with uh, their own last name on it that they wore to the show. Love it. Um, First off, before we get to Senegal, uh, I want to mention, I haven't said it in a while, 
But um, please, if you could do us a favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcatcher of your choice. We're on Spotify. We're on a lot of other ones. But please, <laughs> I know it's weird iTunes only allows you to give five-star reviews, but mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, five-star reviews only. That's how it works. Otherwise, your iPhone gets erased. We don't know why it helps, but every yeah. other podcast says it helps, so we ask for it because we are followers. And if you have a friend um, who might appreciate the podcast, tell them about Round Ball Rock. Yeah. Uh, also, and talk to your racist relatives about Trump. <laughs> um, also, tweet at us at Round Rock Pod. Email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Uh, we released an album that is available for free or money if you feel like giving it to us. It's all of the episodes of Slammed Up from uh, that we've done since December. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's available at uh, roundball... Oh, shit. roundballrock.bandcamp.com And also... You can always, always call us on the phone at a number I can never remember. Because, again, it spells nothing. But you can call us on the phone at... 323-682-0342. We like to hear from you. And uh, that's all of our business, right? Do we have any more business? Uh, No, I think that's all the business. Okay. Buy our so did every... yeah. Oh, buy our Sorry. album at roundballrock.bandcamp.com. Yeah, and if you um, there's also a Christmas special. I don't know if everybody missed that or mm-hmm. caught it, but if you didn't, if you weren't aware that there was a mini episode with a Christmas special, and you still have the Christmas spirit halfway through January, mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, also nominate our uh, our documentary mm-hmm. um, for podcast of the year, or uh-huh. send that to nerds. I don't know the AV Club or something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and you know if, they do that, if, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds right. And uh, you know, if it gets enough attention, we can finally make our podcast uh, given the inside story of what went on at the fire festival. Mm-hmm. Because uh, no one's really no one's reporting on that. that this week. <laughs> um, now let's talk about Senegal, Sean. Yes. Last week on the very reputable, super, super important website everyone has heard of and knows, Chartable.com, mm-hmm. we found out that we were the 81st most popular website, uh, most popular uh, professional sports podcast in the African country of Senegal. Mm-hmm. And we have decided we're trying to make like UB40, like Neil Diamond said in the rap breakdown when I saw him cover Red Red Wine live, mm-hmm. a song he wrote that UB40 covered. He said, with Red Red Wine, me and UB40 going straight to number one. And that's wow. what we're trying to do, country yeah. of Senegal. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're in Senegal, tell your Senegalese friends. We talk about Gorgi Dang all the time on the podcast. It's true. The, uh, just this weekend, uh, he had a he had a two steal game where he shot 100 percent from the field on one attempts. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, nice. nice, very good. Uh, he hit a three on Friday. Uh, anyway, so far it's working. We're up from 81 to 77. Ah, uh, yes. So, um, if you know anyone in Senegal, make them subscribe to our po- and download our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you uh, run a click farm in Senegal, give us those clicks, baby. We want to be number one in Senegal. Yeah. All right, that's a lot of business. Um, should we get to the news? Let's just get there. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Um, all right, our top story, Sean. Yes. Uh, it was about Gorgie Jang and what he did this week. But mm-hmm. yes. he did that before the news break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our top story is really uh, our man Ennis Cantor. Oh. In the middle of being a political uh, lightning rod and mm-hmm. trade rumors, assassins yes. are after him. He's he can't possibly go, he getting can't traded. Yeah. <laughs> he can't leave the country. Uh he posted an it was an Instagram, right? Oh uh, yeah, it was an Instagram <laughs> that said cheat day and was a video of him about to eat seven triple cheeseburgers. Uh yeah, I think that's correct. <laughs> and then the next day he proceeded to leave practice because he was sick. Sean, my question yeah. for you. Is this the most round ball rock story in the history of the NBA? I mean, it's very... it. Okay, it involves... It seems like something we would have made up. We've definitely been following his political actions and his on-the-court actions, which have been somewhat less inspiring than his activism. Correct. Like when he... um punched a folding chair and broke his wrist because mm-hmm. the, the chair snapped on him because he hit it. Um, but also it involves someone like so much hubris. There was no reason for him to eat that many cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he is a big man. Yeah, just just <laughs> the because okay, this is what it reminded me of. Um, there was that um, Federalist author. Um, what was her name Bree Payton? I don't know her um, name, but I know the story you're about to. Tell. Yeah, and she tweeted about this disgusting sandwich she was getting at Quiznos. It was a lobster sandwich at Quiznos. A lobster sandwich at Quiznos, and everyone kept tweeting at her like, "Oh my god, that's disgusting! You're gonna die." Mm-hmm. And there's like a whole day of her replying like, lol, I'm fine. And then a couple days later, she did die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Quiznos, be- while Brie Payton was still alive. Um, yeah, her tweet was, I'm getting the lobster stuff from Quiznos for lunch. RIP my di- digestive system. Quiznos replied, yas, yeah. daring to be bold. Hashtag live mm-hmm. toasty, toasty. Anyway, this is. This is the live toasty, eat toasty of the NBA season. Like like a cheat day where he cheated so hard he destroyed his body for four days. 
but also was so bold about it. Mm-hmm. It was definitely the burgers, too, by the way. Oh, okay. yeah, so absolutely. So he answered it. Did. All right, he has three. It's three triple burgers with a fried egg on each. <laughs> so nine burger patties and three eggs, three fried eggs. Mm-hmm. So it was 1,100 calories per burger, according to SI.com. How many calories per burger? 1,100. So he was he was putting down, Jesus Christ, so he put down like 11,000 calories in a sitting? Oh, oh, sorry, per yeah, triple. Per burger. triple, yeah. Sorry. And that's still a lot. That's 3,500 calories. Uh, well, he also had fries, which was 500, uh, five, oh. uh, 520. Oh, and then, oh, according to SI, so there were three triple burgers with a fried egg. Uh-huh. And that's 1,100 calories uh, okay. each. Then uh, there were two paleo burgers in the picture, which was 505 calories each. Well, so that's now- good. You don't want it. You don't want a bun. <laughs> To cl- to slow that'll that would slow you down. And then there were also two single burgers, which were three hundred and thirty calories each, and then fries at five hundred and twenty calories. Sports Illustrated has him eat- consuming about fifty five hundred calories. And now this is still that is three slightly... times what the average person consumes in a day. Uh, this is also slightly less than what Tony Kukoc would eat before every yes. game on his first three years on the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and his kinder left out the bottle of wa- the magnum of wine. Um. All right. Anything else you want to say about Canner's Burger Game here? Uh. It's just, it's just funny because it, it's, it came so soon after after he was a poli- like a political yeah. He's prisoner. Stress eating. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's completely natural. But, the problem is I don't also post it to hundreds of thousands of people and say like stress eating lol, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that's the problem. It was it was too public. Anyway, I want to get to the story. Yeah. We this really is... want to talk about here. Um something amazing happened this weekend. It was another thing it seemed like Round Ball Rock made up. Uh, Blake Griffin came to play his first game against the Clippers in Los Angeles since the trade. Yes, he just to recap signed a five-year unrestricted free he agent was contract. Tricked. <laughs> yeah, and he was traded almost immediately. The one time in his professional career where he was able to choose where he got to play, mm-hmm. months later, sent somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Where he is still under contract for four and a half years. Yes, that place is Detroit. Uh, he had a monster game, but as <laughs> we've established on this show recently, um, we don't talk about games on this show. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> the The important thing was that he he seemed very motivated. He was very to get yes. revenge. Yeah, he was. But it, but it didn't take him all the way until the game to show that. Yeah, it was no because before the game. During shoot-around, he was shooting around, as a basketball player does during shoot-around. Yeah. And uh, Clippers owner and genuine madman, Steve Ballmer, 
stood the Phoenix. Yeah, the, the the Spurs coyote in owner form. Yes, uh, was standing literally. Would you say two feet? Even that, maybe less. Right, he was it standing was, very close to where Blake Griffin he was, was and shooting. He, well, and he was moving towards him as yeah, well. He That's was the following him around. He was the closing court. the gap. Yeah, and it looked at first. Like he was trying to get Blake to see him first. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? Like one hundred percent, because he was moving around, uh, and then he shouted to Blake, and well, Blake, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Blake finishes. You, I, we haven't even gotten yeah. to what happened. Blake yeah, yeah, finishes and, and shooting and around, not interrupting him. Yes, though. no, yeah. but he was definitely like creeping up on Blake like yeah. every shot Blake took like like once when's he, he going like to talk to me <laughs> like a diner hovering near a table at a crowded restaurant 100% yeah um Blake stops shooting around <laughs> and instead of talking to Steve Ballmer uh-huh just runs does purposefully ignores him like he clearly yes. like moves his face over Steve Ballmer's avoiding eye contact then just looks straight at the ground and runs as hard as he can into the Detroit Pistons locker room yes and uh, after the game now Blake, before that yeah, part ahead, sorry yeah yeah now while this is happening <laughs> Steve Ballmer is beginning to hold his hand out towards Blake and yell what clearly you can read his lips is Blake! 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 <laughs> While Blake runs away. And Steve Ballmer even sort of chases him a little bit. He chases him a little bit. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Because it wouldn't it wouldn't as much seem like Blake was definitely fleeing if Ballmer wasn't moving towards him. You know what I mean? For sure. Like it 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 really had like a cartoonish quality, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of looked like 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 when a child gets too close to a cat and it bolts. <laughs> Just like a toddler wandering, like Blake, come back! I want to pet you. Steve Ballmer is the most childlike owner, right? By far, I think that's yeah. In I think sports. So. Boy, um. I mean, the owner of the 49ers, Jed, uh, I want to say Jed Lowry, but it's Jed. Jed uh, York. Jed York looks like a little boy in a suit. Well, and he he is a young boy, but he's like he's like a little boy who pretends to be a grown-up. He's like if Baron Trump was a, a sports Oh, owner. that's a very good comparison. Uh, but I can't think of any other childlike owners except for Balmer. No one, no one has that kind of glee that Balmer right. does. I can't, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I can't just think not. of any other owner that loves a mascot so much. Cause we all know how much Steve Ballmer loves the mascot, but you I know mean, who knows the most? It's, it's Billy Crystal, baby. Billy Cause yeah. I asked Mr. Ballmer, he said, Hey, listen, nobody's safe except the condor, the condor. Have you seen the condor? Um, <laughs> You had to have known we were going to do that. Listeners. Yeah, there was no choice. Uh, <laughs> so, so after the game, Blake claimed that he did not hear Balmer and was just which is sprinting away at top speed. And then, but then clarified, I would not have shook his hand. So, you know, 
it was funny that he added that and was like, oh, yeah, I I didn't run away, but I would have run away if I'd realized what was happening. I think so he ran away. I Either think so way, too. I've been thinking about this video. Yes. For about three days. I mm. cannot get over it. Like, so many other weird, crazy things happened in the NBA this weekend, and I was just like, nope, just still thinking about Balmer chasing Blake Griffin. <laughs> like, what did Balmer want? Like, what did he think? Like, no, he want. He really thought that Blake would shake his hand and be like, hey, no hard feelings. <laughs> Which is like something that I'm sure Steve Ballmer also tries to do with like technology companies that Microsoft has just absorbed. On the other, you know, the other funny like don't things. don't you think he's done that to people like, hey Steve, like what's what's the matter? <laughs> it's still your operating system. Shake my hand. All right, no hard feelings. The other funny thing about this clip, the underrated part. Is the camera uh-huh. follows him all the way back to the locker room. Mm-hmm. And it appears that he's like pumping himself up and talking to himself as he's running back away from the scene of the crime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Balmer, not Blake. Like, Balmer gives up and leaves once Blake runs away. <laughs> and the camera keeps following him into the tunnel. And he's like really yelling at himself, it seems like. <laughs> Uh-huh. He's like, I'm so stupid. Why would he talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love him so much. It just didn't work out. I, Jerry West was pressuring Jerry, me. Jerry made me do it. <laughs> Jerry, it was Jerry's fault. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would pay, I think, $10,000 to be able to hear inside of Steve Ballmer's mind for when he was watching Blake Griffin shoot around before this happened. You know what I mean? Uh, uh huh. And luckily, we have a machine that reads minds. Yeah, that's true. Why you and you spent ten thousand dollars on it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, so let's let's uh, hear a quick clip of what we think Steve Ballmer was thinking when he was shooting, uh, watching Blake Griffin shoot around. Do you know what it is that you do to me? I don't know who you are. Just a friend from another star. Here I am, like a kid out of school, holding hands with a god. I'm a fool. Will you look at me? Quivering, quivering, quivering. I'm like a little girl. Shivering, shivering, shivering. You can see right through me. Can you read my mind? Can you picture the things I'm thinking of? Wondering why you are all the wonderful things you are. You can fly, Blake. You belong in the sky. If you need a friend, I'm the one to fly to. If you need to be loved, here I am. Read my mind. I wonder what Chuck the Condor is up to. Um, alright, is that enough, Balmer? Wait, actually, there's one more thing I want to okay. ask you about, Balmer. <laughs> yes. Is there another owner you could think of this happening to? 
Because I cannot. Or even like a coach or general manager. Oh, uh, I mean, it seems very like like Pete Carroll. Like I could see Pete Carroll <laughs> or Jim Harbaugh like chasing a player that yeah, they but, had a bad relationship with. But I think, but but Harbaugh would, would like and be like, and finally be like, yeah, whatever, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of somebody because it seems like somebody who's like almost like aggressively Mark Marining you. You know, it's like yes. we good, we good. Um, so I'm trying to think of who seems like desperate enough to be liked to have that happen to them. Uh, no one would, no one would be as like both sensitive and, uh, have the lack of self-awareness, I would say. Right. Um, cause no, no one would like feel like they needed the handshake and not, and also, simultaneously not understand why it's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can't Hugh Jackson. I can see that happening to Hugh Jackson. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Sean. Yeah. Can I tell you a funny story that happened uh, this week? Yeah, please. Uh, Bobby Portis uh-huh. accused Kevin Durant of intentionally hurting him. Oh, oh. Oh, no. Did he punch him in the face during practice or No, I think he um I think he did like a rip through move. Mm. And Bobby Portis said he thought he pulled on his elbow on purpose. But but then but uh no one got hit in the jaw and hospitalized, so it's hard to say. And you only do that to your own teammates. Bobby Portis said he thought he had been unfairly stigmatized since uh breaking his teammate's orbital bone. Huh. Yeah. Well, I could see why that would stigmatize you. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, speaking of bulls and fighting, boy, have the bulls had a lot of, a lot of, lot of stuff happens with the bulls all the time, huh? Like constantly, won, like nine games. <laughs> they seem like they seem like they're irrelevant, and also they somehow this team has made like five trades this year. <laughs> They're too. both irrelevant and the most relevant team in basketball. You look and you're like, how did a team trade Justin holiday and acquire Michael Carter Williams in separate <laughs> transactions? Um, so Chris Dunn and Robin Lopez. So actually let's start at the beginning here. Yeah. Robin Lopez and his agent want to buy out. Yeah, because Robin Lopez wants to go to the Warriors. Yes, and also the which, Bulls are, by the way, playing. tight as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, <laughs> please do that, Robin Lopez. I know that we know each other, and I could just say this to you. Yeah, no, but <laughs> we don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to mix that, right? We don't. We, no, we, we don't miss give business the, with we, pleasure. We give Brooke and Robin one hundred percent editorial control. Yes, one hundred percent. In fact, I think uh, I think Robin's the one who edits the show. Yeah, I mean, look, Round Ball Rock was struggling for a while, and then we spent our last ten thousand dollars to let Chris Cluey do movie reviews on our podcast, and that put us at like a different dimension. So, yeah, we have a good relationship with athletes. Um, but anyway, the Bulls are not willing to uh take to let to buy Robin Lopez out at this point. And you know no. what I got to say? 
This is Robin Lopez's fault a little bit. Here's why. Okay. They would for sure be happy, be trying to get rid of him if he had gone along with the players uh, boycotting that practice. Oh, he lost his but leverage. Because he was a good veteran leader and mm-hmm. like was like, no, we're going to go in and we're going to have a team meeting instead. They're like, yeah, we do want Robin around. Oh, while well, he's on the leadership council. Yeah. And here's the thing. They traded Justin Holiday. So the, <laughs> the leadership council is going to lose two players in two weeks. Archie Adakino, dude, is just waiting to be on that uh, leadership council. I, I feel like Boylan, you know, he he needs like he picked the five most beautiful souls to be on the leadership. Hey, council. it's awesome souls. OK, oh, awesome. souls, the awesomest souls. Boylan yeah, he, doesn't believe in beauty. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's only like, ugliness and uh and size (laughs) yeah like like awesome like he likes to what does he think beauty is a star exploding yeah (laughs) you know like a like a a gas tanker just catching on fire and going off a cliff also like a nine footer that you take after using up 20 seconds of the shot clock yeah he thinks that is pure pure beauty one pass that is his plastic bag (laughs) blowing in the wind um, <laughs> it's a it's a post up to Chandler Hutchinson with 15 seconds left on the shot clock. Um, yeah. So so yeah the the leadership council issue and you know it makes sense that Robin Lopez is probably frustrated because he has basically had his you know they were benching him most of last year most of the second half of last year he's had his minutes cut severely and you know he is making a lot of money but he. It's not like he signed with the Bulls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he he signed with the Knicks. They traded him after a year, and I guess the Bulls think they can get a second round pick, but well, uh, they're I, gonna get fourteen million dollars in expiring money and a second round pick from somebody. I mean, I think they might actually, considering our next story. <laughs> oh, uh, Clint Capella's out for six weeks with a thumb injury. Yeah. Um what does that but, mean, Sean? Uh that means it is time for the ride to join the Houston Rockets rotation. Mm-hmm. That's right. Marquise Chris, get off the bench. <laughs> You're coming in. Except uh, I think I think look, if Daryl Morey was re- willing to trade four first round picks uh-huh. for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Don't you think you'd be willing to trade a second round pick for Robin Lopez so Clint Capella doesn't have to <laughs> uh so so the ride doesn't have to play that many minutes? <laughs> I mean, I agree. The problem is just that it's not it's not that people don't think Robin Lopez is worth a second round pick. The problem is he makes fourteen million dollars. Yeah, but the uh Rockets have Brandon Knight sitting there who makes oh, I guess about fourteen million dollars, right? Well, I guess they could trade Brandon Knight for Robin Lopez. Uh, I mean, I yeah. bet he'd give up a, for, a first to get off that uh, Brandon Knight deal. Yeah, Brandon Knight makes $15.6 million. Wait, is Brandon Knight signed for next year, though? He sure is. Yeah, they're not going to do that. I bet they would for a first. That's too much. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, 
I mean, I they they could fill it. I mean, they're I don't I, who's starting Nene. Uh, they that would probably be my not guess, starting right? Nene. I guess I could look up anyway or from their we, current. We don't game. need to talk about that anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess that's the only match, but I don't. I don't think I. I'm pretty sure they're just going to end up buying him out. But you know what? There's no real reason for them to do anything before the trade deadline. Uh, it's th- there uh, is a real reason, but there is a real reason for them to buy out Robin Lopez as soon as possible to save money. No, that is so I don't have to watch Kevon Looney as much. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's pretty important. Do me a solid, Garpax. <laughs> it is it is gonna be kind of tough because that what this means is um PJ Tucker has to play center. Right? Yeah, but that's what the Rockets want to do anyway. Saying he's he's not a young man. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> um Yeah, well also the Bulls, what if you just gave them the cash equivalent of a second round pick, right? Because what are they going to do with that second round pick? They're not going to use it. They're not going <laughs> to scout someone. Um, it's getting turned into cash, baby. All right, we have to move on because we've got that long Katie interview. So. Oh, right. Okay, let's do it. Um, there was a bird in the Spurs arena. There's also been a snake and a bat. Uh, Sean, what does this mean? Uh, well, then, I think it means that we're looking at like the Spurs adopting a rescue puppy. Like they're gonna find like the cutest puppy oh, ever. You're going that way with it, huh? That's what I think. I think people are gonna rally around uh and it's gonna be a dog that like bloggers are gonna think looks like Davis Burton. I don't know. This to me seems more biblical than that. Oh. Like uh, you know, some like Moses shit. Right? Isn't it? Snakes and then bats and then a bird. <laughs> oh, oh, these are plagues. Yeah. Like isn't so, uh isn't Lamarcus Aldridge's firstborn gonna get murdered here soon? Palgasol is a firstborn son, so I don't that could be that could be trouble for Pal. Um all right. Uh the Warriors lost their bullshit claim against the Cavs. You know what we have to say about that, even though we're Warriors fans? Fucking good. Good. Yeah, God, that was embarrassing, you fucking nerds. Just leave it. Yeah. Leave Who it cares? Yeah. You don't have to be privileged about everything. All right. Um, <laughs> Joe fucking Lacob, you oh, trophy by the way, fucker. <laughs> I did want to mention that uh, Jim Boylan was extremely happy that Chris Dunn and oh, Robin yeah, Lopez got in a fight. Yeah, we didn't even mention that part. Robin Lopez and Chris Dunn got in a fight in practice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Portis was not there to end the fight, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Boylan was stoked about it. Yeah. He said, we had a very, very competitive practice. I felt like we had some guys who were sick of not winning games. Oh, Boylan was so pumped, man. And then uh, the Mavs are going to trade Dennis Smith Jr. Why? Because <sighs> it's unclear. Like, Why are they in such a hurry? I don't know. I guess it's. It sounds like, I mean, I don't know, man. It just sounds like they um, want to get, oh, like, want to use Wes Matthews' deal. They want to surround. They want someone who's, like, signed already. They want to, look, they want to surround Luka Doncic, the youngest star in the league that's not uh-huh. a zygote named Jason Tatum. Yeah. Uh, with, like, fucking old-ass veterans, dude. Like yeah. they, I don't know. It's classic Mavs bullshit. 
seems early. Look, stop giving up on guys on their rookie deals. Just as a like a thought here. Wait till a guy can legally drink, maybe. Yeah. All right. Um Anyway, whatever. He'll get traded or he won't. <laughs> All right, another fight. Uh, Iman Shumpert wanted to fight Yusuf Nurkic tonight. Which, that's such uh, a weird... <laughs> that is... <laughs> I think this is the weirdest fight NBA fight matchup since John Wall went to fight Zadrunas Elgauskas that one time. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, it's, it's very... <laughs> I just don't really get it. Like... I, I don't know. I mean, the and the other thing was the Kings won. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't even just Shump being. Ivan Shumper might be kind of crazy, right? Probably. Nurkic also ended the fight. He thought the show. He thought the show Empire was based on his life. Yeah, Is that right? That. Yes. <laughs> um, Nurkic had an amazing quote afterwards where he said, "I'm not worried about it. He's going into retirement soon. I just said what I said. I'm not worried about a guy who's going into retirement soon." Damn. Fucking sick as fuck. If only he'd brought that kind of attitude to his big matchup against Nikola Jokic, though, the yeah, night that before, where Jokic didn't go just well. ate his fucking lunch. <laughs> he really he really killed Look, him. Look, we don't talk about games very much, but that game, I don't know if you watched it, Sean, but the first quarter was entirely them just isoing Jokic against Nurkic every single possession. <laughs> and Jokic is taking him to town. He scored like he took the Nuggets like first seven shots. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, and then he was showing off with Mason Plumley just to yeah. rub it in further. Like, look at that. We're the white globe trotters. <laughs> um, all right. And then finally, oh, I, I guess Nurkic set a screen. That's what made Shumpert mad. Yes. Of Come course. on, Shumpert. All right. Finally, the thing we really want to talk about always yeah. Uh, the Celtics are falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> falling apart. Like we called it. We called it. The Nets fans, they're falling apart so bad. The Nets fans were chanting Kyrie's leaving tonight at <laughs> at you know, Boston it, while they were down 34 to the Nets. Yeah, man. The Brooklyn sometimes gets a bad rap. But uh, now that girls is off the air... <laughs> I can give them my my undevoted love. Great job, fans of Brooklyn. Um, I think Kyrie might leave, though, if they don't fix this. <laughs> well, had, oh, because he's been yelling at the team constantly for a month. He's been yelling at the team for a month. After every game, it seems like he goes on some new tirade about how the young guys fucking suck. Also, his quotes, like, increasingly don't make sense. <laughs> They're, like, breaking his brain. And you know what? We're not super big Kyrie fans here on Roundball Rock. I mean, we love him as a personality, but as a basketball player, pretty meh. Oh, uh, I, I'm, I've been turning, but yes. But he's having easily his best season. Yeah, where he, like, tries hard all the time. <laughs> he's been really good. He's getting insane shots all the it's, time. <laughs> this year has really been, like, an in-your-face Joey year. From well, <laughs> between him and Paul George. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the guys I pick on the most are all having, like, MVP seasons. Well, it's weird because because his play has been so good, and his quotes have somehow gotten worse. <laughs> like, him clarifying what he said about the team just didn't make any sense. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, I, I would never embarrass my teammates, but he was kind of apologizing for embarrassing his teammates. 
It's all very confusing. Yeah, the Raptors and the Bucks have just broken these the Sixers and Boston's minds, it seems like. Because, like, they were supposed to, like, walk into being the two best teams in the East. And then mm-hmm. it turns out the, the Raptors traded for Kawhi Leonard and the Bucks got a coach. <laughs> like, that's literally all that happened. And now, every night, the Sixers are calling each other soft. And then Jimmy Butler's saying, like, hey, I don't like calling players soft, which was hilarious. We forgot to mm-hmm. mention that in our rundown. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Kyrie called his teammates soft. It's right, incredible. and then the next night, Kyrie called his teammates soft. And then Jalen Brown and Marcus Morris got in a fight on the bench, and uh, the big brain on Brad doesn't know how to fix any of this. Here's one way to fix it. Uh, don't hoard assets. Yeah. Like, don't treat your team like assets, and instead, like, um, maybe, I don't know, like, guess who wants to play basketball? Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, <laughs> and guess who can't? Because there are too many guys on your team. <laughs> and one and one of them is your, you know, your your coach's special friend from college. Yeah. Also, you just can't have a Morris twin on your team. You have to have both of them or none of them. That's really a really good point, Joey. Like, they got separated against their will. And they play well, they have, like, even when, but they're the... You can play them together. No, I mean, when they're apart, yeah. they play pretty well, but they're, they're not, just, they don't play as well, but they no. just, there's a toxic atmosphere. Um, <laughs> yeah, get those guys together. That's... I I completely agree with that. Um, All right, boy, He's... the East is so bad. I can't believe the Celtics are still in fifth. <laughs> I know, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there... they lost three in a row. Man, is there anything else you want to talk about? We have to get we full disclosure before the weekend. Uh, we recorded an interview with uh, the amazing one of my favorite basketball writers, Katie Heindel, about the Toronto yeah. Raptors and other things. Uh, yeah. So should we go to that now or are we I just wanted to I just wanted to mention that James Harden has broken Kobe Bryant's record for the most consecutive 30-point games of the three-point era. Uh another one of Kobe Bryant's records has fallen by the wayside. Hell Apolog- yeah, dude. Apologies to Kobe Bryant and Dave Schilling. No apologies to Kobe Bryant. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's get him out. Out of the record book, like <laughs> like Kevin Hart at the Oscars. I mean, he doesn't really hold that many records, you know. That's, what I mean? that's true. Somebody's gonna score eighty-one points. Uh, Gitch the next. <laughs> it's gonna be Jokic the next time he plays your Nurkic. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk to Katie. We talk about yeah. the Raptors. She's really fun. Um. So here's our interview with Katie Heindel. <laughs> um. Hey guys, we're here with uh. One of my favorite basketball personalities, uh, Katie Heindel. Katie, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm very flattered to hear that. Oh, you <laughs> look. No one writes about the Raptors and Jimmy Butler and anybody else with as much humor as you do. Uh, humor and probably like caring about them. Oh, for sure. That's what <laughs> I. That's what I like, and I feel like we're gonna get into that on the show. But I. I really think the Raptors are one of the more lovable NBA teams. And I don't know if I'm 
Sorry, did I drop out? No. 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 Oh, sorry. Well, that's great. We were waiting uh, with like bated breath. Oh at least God. I was. <laughs> all my, all my, all the pictures on Skype dropped out, and I was like, "Oh no, uh, <laughs> mom and dad's internet." Um, sorry. Uh, I think I might have. I think like I might have a tendency to think they're cuter just because they're in Canada. Like everyone's like, "Oh, Justin Trudeau," you know. Uh, and, no, I think they and, are cuter. And, like, 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 I, I, it, I don't know They're if They're very wholesome. Uh-huh. And they just have a lot of, um, well, I, I was, I was shocked by, okay, I watched it, I, I watched many episodes of Serge Ibaka's web series to prepare for this, but I was just taken by, like, what a, what an adorable sweetheart, uh, Valence Eunice is. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, he's, like, really handsome, too. I had not realize that because he always has like crazy hair or a crazy beard uh yeah they just have a lot of very handsome players too yeah and they sneak up on you in that way it's true it's first you're like i don't know about this and then you know three they're in if if they're new to the team three games in look out you got a new crush yeah right (laughs) and it even seems like um guys don't even leave on in on bed terms at all it almost feels like 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 when when Corey joseph was gone it was like have fun at your new job in indiana <laughs> you know? i think so. like even demar <laughs> got traded for Kawhi leonard which which on paper is like a slam dunk but i've just never had the coverage be so oriented towards like how are his best friends on the team gonna deal with it emotionally and still, that's still what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's still a story. <laughs> like, that's kind of incredible that w- where it's like, well, you know, you get this MVP candidate, but uh, boy, they really miss seeing Demar's smile. I don't yeah. know if they're going to be able to be as a cohesive a team without that, that ray of sunshine. And his smile is different in San Antonio. There's a different quality to it. <laughs> yeah, he is like, it's after the fall, basically. And he's having fun, but like when he had that me- that monster dunk uh, against the Raptors last week, uh, it, it did like you looked at him afterwards and was like, I think he might like be be on the verge of crying a little bit right now. Yeah, I think it hurt. It hurt everybody, but everyone was also happy. I think. Like, I think if you cut <laughs> in that moment to the Raptors bench, they were also probably all smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so actually, um, this is a question. This leads me to a question I have for you, Kitty. Mm-hmm. As a Raptors expert, um, does Kyle Lowry play better or worse with a broken heart? Because oh. <laughs> he's clearly broken hearted right now, right? Yeah, I think he's still pretty hurt. I think he's pretty hung up on his buddy being gone. He's playing... Um, I would never say he's playing worse. Uh, I would never slight him like that. <laughs> I think he's playing uh, differently. I think he's a bit, I think his his heart has been hardened slightly. Um, so but in some ways, it gives him a different kind of edge. So he's playing like a kid who just learned that Santa Claus doesn't exist? Yeah, he's he's playing like a little bit of a, no, I don't <laughs> But his his... His relationship with Tamar was never a, a fantasy. It True. was a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real thing. 
he's playing. He's playing. Uh, he's figuring something out right now. He's missing a friend. This is a big thing that I've been feeling lately. Like he doesn't. Uh-huh. He doesn't really have a go-to pal anymore. Yeah, because I don't. I'm not even sure who his natural friends would be on the team. Like he's older than everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's there's like a pretty decent age gap between. I guess maybe Danny Green, but that's Danny a new Green, guy. Yeah. But like he's new, you know he's what I mean? New. And he's got his snakes. I feel like Kyle doesn't. He's probably like that guy's kind of weird, you know? Like I'm, they're yeah. very friendly, but he's like they're not. He's not going to Danny's house because there's snakes there. That's full of snakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I feel like he would be with JV, but JV's kind of like, you know, he's JV. They're still like a little bit of a, a language barrier. Right. God I bless think them. that's true. And <laughs> I also have a feeling that um, I kind of feel like JV may have had uh, different social priorities when he first got to the team. Because yes. hasn't Lowry been there the whole time? Like, like I, I don't think. Kyle Lowry was probably hitting the nightlife quite as hard as I'm assuming Valentinus did. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. He like he's been here for so long, and I still feel like in interviews you're like sometimes you're like, "What are you saying, buddy?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he could be friends with Kyle. Could be friends with Greg Monroe, but I feel like that's just a bummer for everybody. Hey, I love. Yeah, Monroe. <laughs> that was something we had to, we we were told to bring up with you, Katie. And By that who? is how much do you love Greg Monroe? So much. What a sleeper. Um I when I didn't you know, I I went into the season being like who's Greg Monroe? Who's this guy coming? Uh-huh. Who cares about him? So boring. And then I just look at one picture of his smiling face. (laughs) And then I learn more about him. And then I also, uh, I don't know if you have ever looked at his Instagram, but he's always holding a bottle of water. (laughs) (laughs) And he always like, he'll sometimes have the hashtag, but when this first came up, he would just write big, big water. And then he would occasionally have a hashtag big, big water. He loves to be hydrated. Uh, Joey, do you know what his Instagram handle is? Uh, I don't, but is it moose related? It's moose Monroe 15. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nickname that is pretty much being held together just by Greg Monroe himself. I believe. I just, I I just mean, I think like I really had high hopes. I still do. I really wanted it to be, uh, his revenge year against Boston. Um, and you know, he's, he's getting some minutes now that like JV's out. He's not shining in the way that I, I wish he was. <laughs> well, I mean, but, yeah, it's, I think it's tough when you're like the third center too. And you know, his whole career up until last year, he was like a featured part of the offense. And now, yeah, he's finding his way. He's one of but those I mean, guys who's, if he was in the league if ten years earlier, he would have been like a seven-time All Star. He just yeah, he's he's like he can't help his body. He's yeah. just but his his body is not the body anymore. He has my favorite cross-racial comp of any draft ever, which was Brad Miller. All of the all of the uh, oh yeah yeah everyone was like this guy's Brad Miller all over again. 
and was like, nice, we're, we're seeing past those labels. <laughs> but <laughs> you have don't you have looked, to just, yeah, go ahead. I had a picture of Greg Monroe's eyes up close. <laughs> no, uh, the only I'm pictures of eyes I look up. The only eyes I ever look up close are Michael Jordan's because I want to know what color they are. The Grandma's eyes are yeah. enchanting. <laughs> like they're enchanting. They're kind of sleepy, I would say. Yeah. But but uh I don't think you're wrong here. I'm I'm looking at some <laughs> close-ups. Now look, most of these pictures are very water bottle uh dominant. Yeah, no, he's he's a Greg Monroe is a cuter guy, but he's kind of has some intensity to his yeah. eyes too. Yeah. He seems like a guy who um has that tendency of looking a little bit intoxicated when he's focusing. So like when you get pictures of him on the court or practicing, the lids are like further down. But then when the smile comes out, it's like, Oh, look at that guy. Uh, <laughs> he also has a picture of Malcolm Brogdon on his Instagram. Oh, Oh, never mind. This is just, Sorry, he does not post on Instagram that much. I was like, why does he have a picture of Malcolm Brogdon? It was like, oh, he was still on the Bucks and he won Rookie of the Year. So, okay. <laughs> um, I so, just, for some reason, I got really enchanted by the idea of a like a deep and abiding Greg Monroe, Malcolm Brogdon friendship. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. <laughs> so, Katie... How does Toronto generally feel about this Raptors team? Like, do they love them or are they kind of wary still? I feel like that's a trick question. I feel like everyone is obsessed with this Raptors team. (laughs) I'm the one that's wary still. And I feel like a a really like an outlier and I can't say that kind of stuff out loud. Well, unfortunately, you just did. You said I know. That loud. <laughs> and it was recorded. <laughs> yeah, we have we have fucking proof. You're in trouble oh, now. Shit. <laughs> uh, I think no, I think the whole city's like incredibly ecstatic about this Raptors team. It feels like. Um, but I will say that like I think that happens every year. <laughs> right. That uh, that was kind of my thing is like how because they're kind of in a similar place as, like, I don't even know how to explain this. They're, in a way, there's got to be some kind of weird black cloud they're, like, pretending not to see in case Kawhi leaves, right? Like, is, I guess that's my question. Are they living in the moment or are they worried that he's going to leave? Fans? I think fans are really living in the moment. Well, um good. Yeah. Because I think there is at least, I think this is the most like re- realistic uh, I've seen like Toronto fans from my perspective anyway be. Um, and I think it was just with like this, this like delirious um, leftover feeling of getting Kawhi in the first place mm-hmm. and like <laughs> being um, a franchise that like is so, I mean, nobody ever pays attention to. So it's kind of like live in this moment now. And like, there's no expectations because <laughs> expectations, I'd say like expectations have always failed the Raptors, like mm-hmm. historically. So um, it's just living in the now. Yeah. Like at least they don't have to watch Terrence Ross not score 50 points every night now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I will say, I mean, like, people are still thinking about it. I think there is, like, a real delusional camp that's like, no, he's staying. Who's still, like, when he does anything not as a joke. Like, mm-hmm. there's a, the people that are, like, if he does something or, I don't know, he, like, there's a picture of him going outside in Toronto. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and they're like, he like, likes it here now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's staying. But then there's, like, you know, there's a group that jokes about that stuff. And then there's a group that's like, no, it's for real. It's happening. Like, drop the, the papers. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he, I mean, he found his laughter in Toronto. That's he found good. something. Yeah, he found a sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of um, other teams playing that sound, his laugh over the PA when something bad happens for Toronto? Who's doing that? Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks did that. Oh, there was like a, a backcourt <laughs> violation and over the PA they played Kawhi laughing. I mean, I would love to hear that. I wish they did that here when he did something good. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I feel and like then, and then take, ever- take control of that. Take control of it and have like a an isolated camera on him. And if he smiles and enjoys it at all, that means he's staying, baby. And then there'll be like confetti and streamers that come down and he's staying. We'll just flash across the jumbotron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's fine. I don't know. I don't I'm, I don't mind that. What I hated was the trader chance in San Antonio <laughs> because I felt like they were like some real. Like it was like the most antiquated thing you could chant at somebody. Yeah, yeah, agree. Like, like, <laughs> it also felt like like well, a not a betrayal, especially because he went to the Eastern Con. You know that traditional Spurs Raptors rivalry, and he went to San Antonio's traditional enemies, just like a traitor. It's like no, he just didn't. Like it, it also took a while. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like he immediately betrayed the team. I was like, yeah, he, he had some stuff. It didn't work out. He had one year on his contract. Come on. And if you look Come at on, that San Antonio. roster now, it's like Raptors South. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> like Bellinelli. <laughs> Bellinelli is like an all-time Raptor, even though he kind of wasn't on the Raptors for very long. Yeah. <laughs> and Rudy, um, like. Yeah. Uh, Pau Gasol also feels like someone that eight years ago would have absolutely ended up on Toronto at this point in his career. You know, mm-hmm. well, and also mm-hmm. as an old man, he kind of plays like Jorge Garbajosa now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have the same amount of like joint damage. Oh. Um, I want to ask. Oh, I was our friend, friend of the podcast, and I believe friend of Katie, Sean Hyken. Uh-huh. Told me specifically to ask you, Katie, about your opinion, your theories on the time Kawhi wore a Rush T-shirt. The band. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he's gone all right." <laughs> I I don't. I wrote like a very wacky thing about it, and I don't remember. <laughs> and now I feel upset for Sean. <laughs> Well, okay, if they were drummers, which member of the Raptors is most likely to have, like, a 27-piece drum kit? Much like Neil Peart of Rush. Not Kawhi? I don't no think... It, I don't... Kawhi is, like... I feel like he's, like, a solo bongo drum guy. Like, maybe Norman Powell? Yeah, Norman I could, Powell's I could not that. I was gonna say DeLon Wright. 
yeah, maybe. I mean, I who know. is the flashiest raptor? They're not a very flashy I feel like flashy Dillon team. would be like the kind of friend that you had who in high school who was like, I'm going to get, I'm a drummer now. And then you went over to their place and they <laughs> had all the equipment, everything. And then one week later, they're like, I'm a bass player now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see Fred Van Vliet owning like a, like a gong as part of his <laughs> drum kit, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what instrument Fred would play. This is a slippery slope to go down with me. Like I could talk about this shit for hours. Good. I don't know what kind of time you've got. We, okay. No, no. This is definitely <laughs> what we're talking about now. <laughs> Joey, what do you think Patrick McCall would play? Hmm. Good question. I think he's like, like we're talking like a band like Rush, right? Like the Raptors are a prog band now. I was I was saying literally any musical instrument. Right. Well, I could see Patrick McCall like playing like one of those crazy like keyboard setups that has like seven keyboards, you know? And he's like yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. like a spacesuit. And a lot of them have sound effects. Yeah. I could see that. I think he would I kind of take him as like an upright bass. No, 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 not an upright bass, like a cello guy because uh it allows him to continue to sit for long periods of time, which is also what he's going to do in Toronto. Okay, I found I found the thing. I found the rush thing. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Sorry. The long and necessarily uh, interlude. Thank you. Um, okay, so I said that. Did you, you, you know, the, the, the bit that they did, the Sporan Sporan bit? Well, we should explain it, but I do remember it, yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, I guess it was like an in-game thing. Yeah, with Matt Bonner, right? Yeah, it was Matt Bonner, Patty Mills, the Coyote. Oh, that Kawhi was the sick drummer. Coyote, dude. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't wear pants. That pervert. <laughs> um, and they're playing. They're just playing a song, and the only word is Spurs. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And they just like shout it occasionally. And there's a lot of keytars, <laughs> and Kawhi's just kind of tapping. Tapping the drums oh, in the rush. Pat definitely plays a keytar. By the way, that's for sure. <laughs> that is what he plays. Yeah. Um, but I said that Kawhi fell in love with the shirt, um, but the shirt was brought to set by a production assistant named Bryce, who <laughs> borrowed it from his burnout uncle. Um, and then, so Kawhi loved the shirt, though he didn't want to give it back, so he stashed it in uh, Aaron Baines's locker. Uh huh. And then um, the Aaron Baines claimed he lost it. He stole it. And then if the Raptors have a hope in hell of keeping Kawhi, they'll need to track down the shirt. Um, but I said it wouldn't really be a problem to find one in a country where everyone's father is federally mandated to have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there is like, there's not quite the same. I mean, what... What's the closest thing to Rush in America? Is it the Grateful Dead? Do you think, Joey? I think that's I mean, given Rush a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, because but the, I just think Grateful they're Dead like over was... they're like overrepresented by merch. True. Does that mean yeah? Like yeah, those bears. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. would be like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Like yes, or one of those, right? But well, I just that's mean they're, they're right. Because nobody's dad has an Emerson Lake and Palmer T-shirt, you know. Right. 
It honestly might be like Devo. No. Just that, because that, it's I don't like know a very specific type of white nerd that likes uh-huh. Rush. That's why I say Devo, because it's also a very specific type of white nerd that likes Devo. But I'm just saying in Canada, Rush transcends that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think like, I think it maybe it's a specific type of white nerd who like listens to Rush now and is like, oh, yes, I'm going to critically analyze this. Whereas like Rush heads, Rushers <laughs> here are just like old dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't sad. know, Sean. Maybe Steely Dan is close. Oh, yeah. No, that's actually who it is. It's Steely Dan. Okay. Okay. Um, well, Kelly Dwyer <laughs> is now going to give this five stars. That was really the whole point of that digression. <laughs> Shouts to Kelly D. Um, I do want to ask a question about not the Raptors really quickly. Okay. And that is, I'll, tr- I'll try my best. I think you can, no, I think this will be up your alley. So Dennis Cantor posted a video of himself oh, eating yes. seven triple cheeseburgers. Uh, and then the next day called out sick to practice. <laughs> well he, he came to he came to practice but he had to leave practice because he was feeling ill mm-hmm. did anybody see him puke i think it's implied he was puking <laughs> but i don't we did not get an eyewitness oh he left with an illness yeah he that's left what he said illness. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but it's clearly a cheeseburger related <laughs> illness right <laughs> Oh, 100%. (laughs) And and Joey, can I, I mean, you've told the story on this podcast, I think, before about your trip to Tim Hardaway basketball camp. I mean, I told it on Take It or Break It like last week. Do you find Ennis Cantor incredibly relatable now that he had a cheeseburger related basketball mishap? Mm, No. I, I mean, the question I wanted to ask you guys is have you ever eaten anything? That you knew you were going to regret while you were eating it, but ate it anyway? Yeah, uh, I think mine's cheeseburger related. Oh, let's um, hear it. I think the, <laughs> the first time I ever had a double Big Mac. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, four that, patties, right? Yeah. Yeah, the um, that Big from? Mac. What? Oh, a double oh, double Big Mac. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's from this uh, small uh, Sorry, artisanal I, yeah, it's restaurant. A boutique called McDonald's. <laughs> double from. Big Stack for some reason. I was just like, oh, what? Is it in an Oot? In an Oot Yeah, I think that was it. I think I was uh, a little bit stoned. Weed's legal here, so I can say that without fear of reprisal. Yeah, because otherwise, I am a, I'm a, I'm a volunteer sheriff's deputy. Yeah, you forgot to ask us if we were undercover cops before yeah, you said that. Legally, are we you have to say narcs? yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, and I had one, and I was in a cab, and I was going, I think I was going out, or, or I was planning to, and then I got so sick with, like, instantaneous, like, very bad stomach cramps that I had to... Uh, take a cab to my brother's house and just like sit there and not go out anymore. Oh, and I had a feeling I was like, this is fucked up, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> Did you call in sick like to work the next day? Probably. I think at that time, you know, I was interning and I was like, what's a job? Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like a really, it's a pretty like sad, I mean, comparatively to what Ennis Cantor did, I feel like it's a pretty sad example. Um, well, you have to dip into your UPTO to take time off as an intern, so your your unpaid time off. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, I used to work at the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company for eight years. Uh, Amazing. That's and, a long tenure. <laughs> yeah, it was very at two separate locations as well. Um, but uh, oh wait, I have a better story when you're done yours. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and when it was really slow, we would like we were bored and in our early twenties, so like we would just like pay people to do stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a guy paid me to take a shot of drawn butter. And then oh, chase it with a <laughs> shot of malt vinegar. Oh my god! And he paid me five dollars, and I <laughs> did it. And then immediately felt the vinegar start to curdle the butter in my oh. stomach. Oh. Uh, and then threw up and had to go home. So we, uh... <laughs> but you got paid for it. Five dollars. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. tight. <laughs> my uh, my little sister her first boyfriend um me and my friends were would constantly uh try to get him to eat things that were impossible to eat <laughs> and just keep putting money on the table so anytime we went out it was like hey i bet you can't i pick i bet you can't eat this entire bowl of super hot salsa and he'd be like no nah, i can't do that and i was like well i'll give you five dollars if you can do it and then my friend would be like hey i'll i'll put in five dollars on that and then he would Another another one was to eat an entire canister of pepper flakes. Mm-hmm. And that one, I think we had like $22 on the table. And he took like one spoonful of the pepper flakes. So that was just gagging and impossible to go on. And then we would just slowly take our money back because he failed. <laughs> challenge. <laughs> just fantastic. I was like, look, man, this is like two and a half hours of your Cinnabon job sitting there on that table. And all you have to do is eat an entire stick of butter. I don't understand why this is so hard for you. And he would fall for it every time. That's rough. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to do it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, my better story was jogged by the bubblegum shrimp because I went to Red Lobster's um, like all-you-can-eat shrimp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When they do that, do they do that there? Probably. Oh, they, oh, they definitely do. It has a name. I forget what it is. It's like Shrimp Vember or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't think of what it is either. Um, um, I'm looking that up. Anyway, we went to that. And it's not Endless Shrimp. No, there's like a name for it, like a fest. Yeah, it's just Shrimp Fest. <laughs> Endless shrimp fest. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we went to the, we had tickets to the fest. uh, (laughs) And we like, everyone knew it was going to be a bad idea. We were just like, we went in pretty hard. And I think you don't realize, we didn't realize at least the amount of like sodium that's in everything. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I haven't experienced this since, and I don't ever want to, but we ate so much shrimp and I guess ingested so much sodium that I was like, we were out, like sweating a lot, um, but it felt like we started to hallucinate. Like <laughs> time kind of slowed down. Um, things just didn't feel right. Like we all left like really abruptly without saying goodbye. And then the next day at work, because um, I worked with these dudes, we all had like um, nightmares, like crazy, <laughs> vivid, like 
not shrimp related, but like oh, related to the shrimp we ate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like terrible, terrible nightmares and like woke up with the worst night sweats. And I think we, I mean, I think, you know, you go into the shrimp fest. It's not a good idea. Yeah. No one's like, I'm going to have a reasonable amount of <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> anyway, it was gross. Uh, I also heard that's how David Lynch comes up with his uh, with his ideas for <laughs> Twin Peaks. He goes to oh, yeah. Shrimp Fest and just goes to town. <laughs> Probably. Hey, shrimp Fest and three entire pots of black coffee. And you guys... <laughs> and you go to I... bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the Canadian equivalent of like a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. And I was thinking it would have to be like maybe Anne of Green Gables themed. <laughs> Well, I think it's just Red Lobster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we have that here. <laughs> I, I was just so. thinking of, like, a movie restaurant. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> then it would be, like, mussels or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is that chain. There is that chain restaurant, that uh, chain restaurant uh, after the sweet hereafter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The sweets hereafter with all those <laughs> nursery rhyme themed desserts. Everyone is real depressed about the murders. Um, yeah. The waiters are in character. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's also uh, Away from Herbs, where uh, it's a very it's a very tasty, flavorful restaurant. But they they forget the menu every week. So it's all the time. <laughs> Well, now that we're talking about food, uh, Sean, yeah. <laughs> you wanted to talk about Serge Ibaka's cooking show. Yeah, because I didn't know anything about it until like 10 days ago. And now I, I'm, it's so compelling to me. So, OK, the, he has a web series. It's called How Hungry Are You? And uh, he hook, he cooks exotic foods and serves them to mostly his Toronto Raptors teammates, but it is always a surprise as well. It's always presented in a covered dish and he tries to surprise them. The first episode has very low production value and he's not even able to hide the food at all from Bismack Biombo. <laughs> and Bismack Biombo, in fact, comes into the house and immediately just starts looking over Serge's shoulder to see what he's cooking. They formalize it a little more and keep the interviews in the kitchen before. Um, and they're all uh, very exotic slash unpleasant food. He cooks food. weird food that he also yeah. clearly doesn't really know how to cook. That is the most just... <laughs> important part of that show. It's just him and like like all of the things he does like seem like how you would do it in theory <laughs> but but i don't I, it doesn't seem like he's working from like a real decided recipe either <laughs> if that makes sense like he makes tongue for bismack biombo and it looks very unpleasant it looks like he just kind of steams a giant cow tongue for him um he makes lamb brain for the bench mob um and has them this this like this aspect of it I found this was the hardest thing for me that he cooked it low and slow so the lamb brains became spreadable mm -hmm. and he served them on <laughs> toast. And uh I would say that Norman Powell seemed the least happy about having to eat those. Um and then he Dylan Wright kind of liked them though, right? Yeah, Dylan Wright like like finished his whole thing pretty enthusiastically. <laughs> I think he actually took a bite of a raw lamb brain that was there too. Uh, he had Demar Derozan eat worms, 
which he had to eat worms and then he was immediately traded. That was kind of <laughs> bullshit. Uh, fish eyes for carry champion. And then not only did he have a pig's head for Valanciunas and Danny Green, he um, he spent a great deal of the episode trying to scare Valanciunas with snakes because apparently <laughs> he's very afraid of snakes. So the first dish he brought out did not have food at all it no, just it had, had a danny big Danny green snake danny it's one of Dan, one of danny <laughs> green's many snakes and and valentinus did like agree to touch it and stuff and then they scared him with a much much larger snake at the end um, but which at the end of that episode there's uh-huh. a real twist yeah <laughs> because in the jv is like scared out of his mind when they first yeah. show that tiny little kind of cute snake yeah. Um and, and he is before he even realizes it's alive. Like he thinks it's the food. Yeah. yeah and he yeah. flies backwards <laughs> in his chair. And then he's like, oh shit, it's alive. Yeah. Um, but he he seems more like curious, like he kind of gets into it. Then they go and they eat, and then he's like, Oh, I eat this every day. Um, and yeah. he's just like going in they on the pig's pig head. Face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, This isn't and to be fair, that was like one of the tamer, tamer right. eps food wise. But at the end, he's got the, when Serge is like, okay, I'll, I want to wear the snake, and Serge is like screaming. Yeah, Serge is way more scared of the snake than Jonas Valanciunas is. And Jamie's sure. like kind of touching it, kind of smiling. Like, yeah, he, like, I think like, he's faced his fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it actually feels like he has a catharsis. And then Serge is 10 times more scared than Valanciunas was at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Just, um, oh! <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, glad that the, the this show has crossed the border now to you. It's really good. He uh, when he has Carrie Champion on, there's a point where she asks him if he cooks food for his dates, and he says <laughs> he says, "Oh, uh, my English isn't very good," and pretends to not understand the question. <laughs> and she just starts yelling at him, "Your English is fine. <laughs> People want to know." So our question for you, though, Katie is who is your dream guest to be on Serge Ibaka's web series and what would he cook them? I want, I want him to have Kawhi on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's the obvious yeah. answer, right? <laughs> but is it too obvious? <laughs> I, I feel like Kawhi. Kawhi wouldn't I, eat any of his food though at all. I, I imagine him as an incredibly fussy eater. Who's like, PB and J. He just eats uh, wings. He knows this. Oh, about wings. Him. He just has wings all the time. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably eats like a like do you think he eats like chicken nuggets and fries a lot too? Mm, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. But and then, I feel other like other than that, it's just performance shakes. <laughs> probably oh, alkaline water. That's the the other thing we know Kawhi drinks. Uh, I feel like he could uh but I don't think Serge is up to this, mostly because the production value in the show isn't. Um, and also, as you said, like his cooking skills aren't, which is weird because it's a cooking show. Um, but I think if he like tricked him, I don't know if he had some kind of like, uh, he was like, oh, it's wings. But it was like some weird bird. Yeah, it's like or if bat, he like, it, like bat yeah, wings, bat or, wings yeah. or like cooked like gator or something and was just like, it's chicken nuggets. And then Kawhi <laughs> ate it. <laughs> I just could but, see definitely what happens there is. Serge Ibaka opens the cloche and reveals whatever weird food he wants Kawhi to eat. 
And then Kawhi just sits there silently with his arm cro- arms crossed for like two hours, refusing to eat or talk to him. Mm-hmm. I, I think he might like put his finger out and touch it and then like lick it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him doing that to humor him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is why I don't think he'll ever be on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if that was the thing that drove him out of Toronto? Let's just say a, a real yeah. gross, like... He has to eat a bug. Then I think Serge would also be driven out of Toronto. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what if it turned out, what if we learn later that the reason Kawhi wanted to leave San Antonio was at one of those dinners Pop made him eat, like, pate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. Oh, no, no, Pop. <laughs> you eat it! You eat this now! <laughs> God I don't. Damn it. I don't think he would I like having three a, hours making this <laughs> a trick played on him either. No, he, no, he does not seem like he has a good sense of humor for that. Like, I mean, I guess this is a point where Katie, you're excellent at figuring out what, or at imagining basketball players' personalities. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I figure them out. I think. Yeah. They, can you explain what type of person Kawhi is to me because he still seems like a cipher even now i mean i'm still learning um i feel like he i think he's just like i think he's like that weird friend because i was talking recently to a friend who's like legit worried if he's gonna stay or not because he doesn't really have any friends yet uh, like no relationships have emerged on the team. That's kind of changed weirdly because I think Serge Ibaka has like stepped in in a strange way. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly by making one-sided jokes that Kawhi doesn't seem like he hates like at <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> uh, but it's like something's happening there. Um, but like the fact that he doesn't really have a good friend, which I think could sometimes sh- like be a window into that, that player's personality. Um, but I think, like we were talking about it and I was like, I think he's like a difficult person to get to know. He's like one of those people you're like, oh, I'm going to hang out with this weirdo once. And then they're like, they don't talk like you go do something fun. They just seem like they're moping or like having the worst time. You don't talk to them for a while after because you're like, that was, that was shitty. Like that was strange. But then you, the next time you see them, you're like, did you even have fun? And they're like, yeah, like I had the best time. <laughs> like sincerely. Um so I don't know. I think he's just like, he, he's so much of, he's like so robotic as he's like, the only thing I do is, and the only thing I want to do is play basketball. Mm-hmm. That I do think his like, a lot of his personality, I don't want to say it's, it's like stunted. I just don't think it had a chance to flourish. Sure. Yo, like, what does he do for fun? It's Wingstop, uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what he's doing for fun here because, like, I read that he got a place in the city, but it's, like, way out in the suburbs, which isn't, like, out of character, but it's, like, what's he doing out there? I guess just playing video games. Yeah, Maybe he has some, yeah, like, that's probably gamer it, yeah. friends. He's probably got some, like, true gamer friends. Yeah. His but he's friends known are for, like, like years. <laughs> but don't know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Or he's yeah. like, guys, it's me, Kawhi Leonard. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And then he's like, like uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, it is him. <laughs> I I bet Kawhi does not even have like a customized name that it just, you know, whatever, whatever auto generated thing he gets the first time he signs up to play Xbox Live. He's like, that's me. 
Oh, you don't think it's seven or eight numbers at the end? You don't think it's like Kawhi the Claw Leonard from San Antonio and San Diego State (laughs) University? Well, it's either it's either it's either incredibly basic or he just didn't even bother at all. (laughs) I bet it's Kawhi Leonard like six because the other ones were taken. Yeah, the other two. I was gonna say that I think. Uh, to me, more of his personality was revealed when he signed the New Balance shoe deal. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. But and I think when those shoes come out to see like what they look like will be a good reveal. They're They've, gonna I've have seen, that like, stupid logo on them. That's for sure. Yeah, his the, hand, the, his yeah. personal logo, which <laughs> yeah. kind of looks like the Raptors logo, right? It, it's not far off. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> what if it actually just had like tears in the shoe? Like it wasn't. It was just like, yeah, they're ripped. Like his hands ripped them. I'd still buy them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was a little upset that they don't. They're not like all beige. Yeah, that would be. He needs like shoes that are like Manila folders for your feet. <laughs> like a stack of pancakes. How how is Uncle Dennis adjusting to Toronto? <laughs> yeah. I have never seen him. I don't know. I don't really believe that he's here. He but does I know Uncle he's Dennis be. exist. This is a question I've been <laughs> thinking about a lot. I'm not convinced Uncle Dennis actually exists. I think it's Kawhi doing a voice on the phone where he's like, "This is Kawhi's <laughs> Uncle Dennis. He wants out of San Antonio." <laughs> 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 I'm gonna image uh, Uncle Dennis right now, Joey. Yeah, are there any pictures of him like in a room? Has anyone seen him in a room when Kawhi's signing? Uh, he's wearing he has glasses, a crazy nose, and a wait a second, this is just Kawhi in disguise. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Uncle Dennis, Uncle Dennis, what I know of him, who's even more of a like uh, specter than Kawhi. I don't think he'd like Toronto very much. Uh, there's a picture of him wearing a Spurs polo. I also see one of him wearing a suit that looks like it's like, uh, it looks like something the Scoop NBA would have used as a Twitter avatar. Uh Um, like it would be like Dennis Robertson, NBA. (laughs) Oh, he he looks so nice. He does look really nice. (laughs) Oh, I hope this guy is enjoying his time here. (laughs) Oh. This guy's great looking. <laughs> right, huh. So another question I have for you, Katie, because I have to ask every Raptor fan I meet about him. Uh, how <laughs> bummed were you that Bruno Caboclo never, never panned out? Not that bummed. Because <laughs> oh, I was obsessed with him. I was like, I know, what if he really he was... is four years away? <laughs> but he was always four years away. <laughs> Even and then he would become like four more years away from being four years away. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I guess like I'm, I'm bummed when anybody's like doesn't seem. I was more bummed when Bebe left. I'll be honest with you. Did you ever see Bebe's band? No, but uh, when that happened, I don't live that far from where they went to go surprise jam that night <laughs> at the bar. Um, no, but I do have a story about Bebe. Uh, that because a, f- a friend of mine's cousin lived in the same uh, condo complex as him, mm-hmm. 
And one night they got home super late and he was also getting home and he had like a box full of crepes. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, what are you guys doing? And they were like, oh, nothing. He's like, well, do you want some crepes? And they all had crepes. And then it, he proceeded to just kind of complain like pretty earnestly about like he wasn't getting any minutes. Oh, that's and then really he, sad. Yeah. And then they also ate a lot of candy, apparently. <laughs> Maybe, Which is kind of exactly what yeah. you think about it. <laughs> but also, maybe you're not getting that many minutes because you're eating crepes and candy at, like, four in the morning or whatever. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's like an Ennis Cantor style. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. Bruno is like, how's Bruno doing? He thinking got released from a G League team. (laughs) He was going to be on the the Rockets G League team, but it looked like they released him and he was on their G League training camp roster only. And now it's not clear what he's doing. Uh, I did look up uh, Protocol International, Uncle Dennis's business, which he... Excuse me? That's what his... (laughs) Can you say that again, please? Well, he's the head of the elite athletes division at the New Jersey-based Protocol International. That sounds like a the, spy division. No, that sounds like the <laughs> fake company Stephen Glass made up. Oh, to, absolutely. Uh, to like trick the New York Times when he was just lying. <laughs> jucked yeah. Micronics. That's sports. Jucked Micronics. Jucked Micronics. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, business etiquette, training, and professional development. I think it's Uncle Dennis's wife's company. Mm. Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Dennis. Dennis. Aunt Dennis. <laughs> uh, and it says, to play the game, you must know the rules. To win, you must know, capital P, protocol. Um, Would you say all the name of, of that business really again? Fake. It's so generic, I protocol forgot Protocol International. <laughs> Protocol uh, their International. Website, their website is for protocol number four dot net. Um, they have a book that's called Rules of Engagement: How to Win at Dining with Clients and Other Important People. That's what I well I like in the sports media landscape uh, deciding who wins, especially talking about like movies or TV shows. Yeah, it's the really Sopranos. Important. Who won the who, Sopranos? Who won, Tony. Who won clearly. the show? Who won this book? <laughs> Who won this book? Who won this children's book? Who who won this chapter of this book? All right, sorry, Grantlin Jr. Um, they have some recent blog posts. Five tips for sending cards during the holidays. That's uh, useful. It seems like a lot of tips. Uh, <laughs> cold season is at hand. There is a protocol to being sick. Okay. So this isn't really sports related. <laughs> protocol the International game. really sounds like like the company Martha Stewart living. Oh, see, I was going to say like the <laughs> company, like that, the tobacco company, like starts to like harass a lawyer in a John Grisham book. Oh, yeah, where it's you're like, like <laughs> wait, protocol international's business officer. Is there in the Cayman Islands? That's... <laughs> uh, one of these Kawhi has really taken to heart. Listen with your ears, not with your mouth. Oh yeah, yeah. He definitely he never listens with his mouth. <laughs> and how do Let's you listen to some delicious <laughs> wings? <laughs> All right, there's one last thing I want to talk to you about before you leave, Katie, and that okay. is you named Jimmy Butler your sports sports person of the year. <laughs> I did. Uh, our our <laughs> podcast named Clon Brian Hero, the cocaine addicted. 
Irish Russian greyhound. Uh, Irish greyhound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but your your choice is so pretty close. defensive too. <laughs> uh, and that was before Jimmy Butler started screaming at Brett Brown. It mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to explain Jimmy Butler's Eat, Pray, Love year? <laughs> yes, I would love to. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, I followed Jimmy pretty closely in the summer for my summer-only column, NBA Summer Vacation Watch. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> <office>. Very good. <laughs> so, you know, I got to see where he was going around. And I'll be honest, like, Jimmy had one of if not the best summer vacation of anybody else in the league and that's like crazy because patty mills is like lives on a beach in the summer um so he was like in italy he was in greece he was like living it up uh he was alone there weren't that many pictures of him eating in italy mm-hmm. but um you know i feel like this is this was the eat portion this was the eat leg of his mm-hmm. eat pray love year yeah he came back he immediately was having a terrible time <laughs> uh, with the wolves. And I think he began to pray in earnest to leave that place. Uh, and who can say if, you know, your prayers are more overt uh, by trying to like manipulate the team. Well, but... and working, I would just feel like if you're playing for Tom Thibodeau, it's like being in a monastery. Yeah, there you go. Just like a sweatier, like brill cream smelling monastery. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I think Jimmy prays at that type of church. So yeah, <laughs> the church of hard work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it worked. His prayers were answered, and he went to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Mm-hmm. So he has entered into the last leg of his Eat, Pray, Love year. And, you know, would I say he's loving every minute of it? Not yet. But (laughs) (laughs) he seems in better spirits. And I think in the movie, (laughs) Uh Julia Roberts goes through some in her. the The love part is like the toughest part. She's like having a thing. She's having flings all over the place. I think she's in Bali. With, like, crazy Australian surfers, so she's got to be like, no, these guys are trash. No, thank you. (laughs) Javier Bardem comes out of the woodwork. He's like, I love you so much. Like, let's throw caution to the wind. She's like, I won't. And then he's like, flip this coin. (laughs) Anyway, keep going. Yes, yes. He's like, come come to (laughs) an abandoned island with me on this rickety boat, and no one knows that you're going to be going away with me. Uh She's like, no, that sounds crazy. Too crazy for me. So I think Jimmy is in some kind of proverbial similar situation right now. He's like, oh, I can't love freely again. How do I trust my heart? It's really steered me wrong in the past. And he's got to, he's, so he's not done the love part. I'm very curious to see what happens. So um, the, the end of that movie, he decides to not, st- she decides to not I don't stick know, Jimmy's around. movie. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I think yeah. at the end of that movie, she, she, I don't actually remember. <laughs> <laughs> what if she is- goes to the, either she goes home and then she's like, Somehow they meet up again, or Javier Bardem comes to New York or Chicago, wherever she lives, and then there's like something, but it doesn't work out. But then she's like, I love again. I might have just made that up. 
but she basically learns that she loves herself, which again, I'd say like Jimmy's incredible at. He's there. He's there. So he's almost all the way there. We just have to see him kind of come full circle into the, the, the final love portion of the year, which it would be really nice if that fell around All-Star Weekend, which is Valentine's Day. Wow, that really oh, the, that's, the those puzzle pieces I, all fell together there, Katie. <laughs> when you said Valentine's Day, my head almost exploded there. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, so you know, let's just wait and see what happens. But I've got uh, high hopes. God, he he is a guy that seems like he needs to be on some like reverse Logan's Run team where there's <laughs> where there's like no one under thirty. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he'd he'd fit in so well with the Spurs right now, but he'd just be like, "Oh, they gotta get rid of Dejounte Murray. Like if he's out of there. <laughs> this is what I want." Some like everybody who hates video games and just wants to listen to country music and go to bed early. Fuck like, you, that's... Bryn Forbes. That's what get out of here. Like. <laughs> I thought he would go and have a good time in Miami. To be honest. Yeah, I thought that's that like, that's like the natural destination for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they seem like they don't have any like trade assets that would get him. No, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, that feels like what it what that should be his home. Like like when Pat Riley's like, "Hey, I need to take naked pictures of you to see how much weight you lose." Jimmy's like, "Yeah, that's what I've I was this I've been what hoping I've wanted my would entire this life. all the time." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like not eating. I already stopped eating sugar. Like, like Jimmy Butler seems like he's in the kind of situation where, like, if the coach is like, "Yeah, you actually have to wear this hair shirt during practice, and if you make a defensive mistake, uh, this guy's gonna beat you with a with a cane made of bamboo." And Jimmy'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's the seems fair." The plan yeah. I'm looking for. <laughs> Everybody should be wanting this. <laughs> but I am happy he went to the Sixers because my favorite person of all time is there who is that uh, amir johnson oh i was gonna <laughs> say elden brand and <laughs> did no, you ever get to, like sweet amir. amir johnson no i never did the greatest regret of my career <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that like amir johnson was he like the youngest guy in the whole nba when he was a rookie because he's still not all that old He's 31. Yeah. yeah. But it just feels like he's been a part of my life ever since I can remember. Which is a great feeling. I mean, it is <laughs> like the 14th. Yeah. When you're 31 and you're in your 14th season, that's pretty good. <laughs> Man. Uh, what do you like about Amir Johnson so much? His beautiful smile. Um <laughs> But no, when Amir played in Toronto, he like went and did some like he Toronto had they don't anymore, thank God. But for a while, they had this like annual zombie walk, uh-huh. and Amir would go to it <laughs> like in <laughs> costume. He did all the weird things that like lame kind of Toronto uh, things, and people the fans like loved him for it. But then also like not fans were like, "Who's this huge guy?" And then I think they got more invested in the Raptors. Like he really uh, engaged with the city in not a corny way, like in a really earnest way. Also, I think he's just like an incredibly kind person. 
It's um, it's. And he's I, very handsome. <laughs> I I never knew why he wore number ninety in Boston, but it was very compelling. I just didn't know the reason for it. What do you think's the weirdest number to wear? I mean, Doncic wearing seventy seven is so strange. <laughs> Except it's not because a lot of those Euro guys have worn seventy seven. Oh, is that what the like in the NBA? Yeah, like um. Oh. Uh, hold on. I feel like it's 37. Yeah. 37 <laughs> not like, bad. So people who have won 77. Okay, so Bargs wore 77. Um, Murison wore 77. Vlad Rad wore 77. Urson. All right. Oh, Murison, <laughs> Pavlovich, Radmanovich. Jake Voschkel, all War 77. So I wonder I wonder if that's like, because that would be, isn't that like, uh, is that Lemieux's number in hockey? The double numbers are like, seem like more of a hockey slash European thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the, uh, 37 is a weird one. Let's see who's worn 37. Um, I have the the basketball reference page up right now. Yeah, me too. Derek Fisher, Semi Ojale, Nick Van Exel, Meta World Peace, all wore 37. Uh nice. number those are that is so a collection weird. of fucking weirdos. <laughs> so I was uh, kind of I was on the nose. <laughs> how about number 39? Also which is weird. Just Jeremy Grant, but not anymore. Caldwell Jones, Greg Ostertag for two years, not his number for most of his career. Uh, and then Tom Tolbert on the Hornets and Zelko Rebraca. <laughs> it's just like a classic Zelko move. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I like anyone that any basketball number that isn't a combination of a one through five and a one through five is very aggressive to me mm-hmm. because like you're already annoying the refs. <laughs> like a, like you're making it much harder to do like a pretty basic part of their job. Taj Gibson wears 67. I think that's the weirdest. And that's for, for like his elementary school I or something. I forget why, but yeah. Um I wish that Jimmy petitioned that he wouldn't agree to the trade unless they gave him 101. <laughs> <laughs> He's like my favorite highway, baby. That's, my, that's <laughs> basketball. When you get Jimmy Butler, that's basketball 101. Exactly. Um, Andre Kirilenko completely owns 47. He's the only guy that has like worn it not by mistake or like for a couple of months. <laughs> also, Shandon Anderson, the only 49. That uh, seems like a football number to me. Yeah. Probably because of the team. <laughs> 92. The only two players ever to wear 92 are Deshaun Stevenson and Bebe Noguera. Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it kind of backfired for Bebe. What's weird is, is George Mikan was 99, and then basically no one wore it again until like Jay Crowder, basically. Although Darko did wear it in his Celtics year. <laughs> but it's just weird that like an NBA great that may- maybe everybody hated him for 
screwing up the ABA. (laughs) All right, Katie, is there anything you'd like to plug? Mm, uh, Like there's some stuff on the horizon, but I'll, I'll spare you. Uh, But, (laughs) but it would be great. I don't know if you guys have signed up, but anyone out there listening, I've got a newsletter called basketball feelings. Um, and that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so where can they sign up for that? Tiny letter. Is it tinyletter.com? I think so. It's not like tinyletter.biz. Tinyletter.com uh, slash basketball feelings. Definitely sign up for Katie's letter. And we will for sure have you maybe twice this summer to do vacation watch, I think. Okay. Uh, if you'd like, if you want to do that. If Okay, yeah, I found okay, the weirdest number. <laughs> I found the weirdest number, actually. Oh, great, great. Number 94. The only player in the history of <laughs> basketball to wear 94 is Evan Fournier on the Denver Nuggets. Whoa. Not Whoa. even Magic Fournier wore it. By the way, the basketball <laughs> feelings, the pictures you get at that tiny letter thing, I, I would say are somewhat emotional. <laughs> like very somewhat. Emotional. somewhat emotional, yeah. very emotional. I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you have you. It's it, LeBron's face in particular. I would say. Oh my god. Just a lot of hugs. Iverson and hugging. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right, Sean. What do you of... want to plug? Oh, and, oh. You can follow <laughs> Katie's Twitter is at whatevs. W T E. Forgot about that. <laughs> Sean, do you have any plugs? Uh, yeah, come see if you're in San Francisco on Wednesday, January 3rd. Come see a live version of the Everything Report doing lots of news. And I'm pretty sure I will be doing a little singing and also talking about uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, but it's a fake news. Mostly it's just a fake news show. Lots of jokes. It's a piano fight on the 23rd. And then. Um... Do you have a Luka Doncic song? I do. What's it going to be? Uh, As, well, oh, I guess we should set up the joke first. Uh, Grant Land Jr. earlier this year went very viral with a song about Luka Doncic. And um, we here at Round Ball Rock, we need to go viral. If we don't go viral, we're going to die. So look, we've written some Luka. Uh, look, we've, Sean has been writing Luka Doncic songs. Sean, what's yeah. this one about? <laughs> Well, last last week's last episode's uh, incredible viral hit was uh, recorded by the ghost of Tom Petty, mm-hmm. and it was called Break Donchich. Tom Petty's got league pass up there in heaven. He wrote another one for us. So uh, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that. It's called uh, Last Dance with Luca D. And uh, you're gonna love it, and it's it much like the nine preceding Luka Doncic songs is going to go viral. Yeah, it's we're going we're going viral definitely. Um, no <laughs> doubt in my mind that. And then as for me, um, I I was on Josh Androsky's uh, "I Am Ready for Some Football" podcast this week. I was also on. The Frotcast, uh, the Uprocks Film Drunk Frotcast last week, and then I was also on Who Cares About the Rock Hall. Been on That's a lot of podcasts lately. That's your other podcast. Um, 
Are you the temporary host of Who Cares About the Rock? No, I am the third chair, though. The yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you're like the Doc Severinsen of that podcast. Yeah. But you can always. Are, are you just Mac promoting podcasts, other podcasts that you're doing on your own podcast? It no. was the, I was guests on them. Huge on move. Podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why they keep asking me to come back because I promote them. Um, <laughs> But as always, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on 4-17-14, I tweeted, I can honestly say that I've never been happier in my life. I can't wait to announce what I have going on. And he never announces anything. <laughs> you mean you, you uh, never Sorry, did. I never announce anything <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It it's all tease, all sizzle, no steak. And uh, I've even I've been I've been checking your Twitter and your fiance, uh, Pagey Price's Twitter. Still no news. Still no news. I read that because he'd made a big announcement last week too. All right. Um, trust the process. Uh, shut it down. Let's Trust all process. eat Sir Jabaka's weird food. <laughs> How hungry are you, listeners? Hey, everybody. It's me, the ghost of Tom Petty, with another Luca Doncic song for that ass. He grew up in a Yugoslav town where the Balkan War had knocked the building to the ground, but he grew up tall and he grew up fast, and before he could walk, he could throw a no-look pass. Luca! Luca! Well, he entered the draft, the age of 19, blew the scouts away, coming round screens. Luca came to Dallas, Yogi Ferrell was departing. He said, I'm sorry, JJ, but I'm gonna be starting. Games. And taking names. Last dance with Luca D. One more time to shoot the three. All-Star Weekend's creeping in and I'm voting for a Slovenian. Well, I don't know, but I've been told if he's in the draft, they're taking bowl bowl. I'm tired of Devin Harris. I'm tired of Mark Cuban. Tired of Shark Tank. Tired of this losing. Oh my my. Oh hell yes. Luca in the backcourt next to Wes. Too young to drink. Not too young to ball. Sign a free agent while his cap is still small. Last dance with Luca D. One more time to shoot the three. All Star Weekend's creeping in and I'm voting for a Slovenian. We got a great band up here in heaven with a bunch of other people who died. It's George Harrison, the captain from Captain and Tennille, Mean Gene Oakland, 
and on the bass, George Herbert Walker Bush. They don't sound great. This sent in Luca, a double team. DeAndre's gonna slip the screen. Hanging out at the three point arc. He can hit that shot in the dark. Oh my my, oh hell yes. His favorite crab is Dungeness. He'll break your heart if you try to play zone. And if he's at Starbucks, he's gonna get a scone. Last dance with Luca D. Most clutch player that you'll ever see. The shot clock is winding down and he's dunking on Carl Anthony Towns. Love Luka Doncic. Hey, one question for you, Randall Rocketeers, Randall what the fuckers. Why is everyone posting pictures of themselves from 2008 to 2010? Just don't get it. Maybe because I looked exactly the same from 1975 until my death. Anyway, rate and subscribe to Ground Ball Rock. Maybe leave a review on iTunes. I know Penny Marshall loves it. She's our new keyboard player. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.